Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Six Figure Souls, Doing Good and Making Money. I am Camille Miller, the, your host for today and the founder of the Natural Life Business Partnership, a global network for soul-centered entrepreneurs. And we are with a special guest today, Emma Romano from Melbourne, Australia, um, self-healing coach and trainer, founder of Hypno Success and a master hypnotherapist. Thank you, Emma, for joining us today. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Camille. Hi, everyone. It's lovely to see you all. I'm so excited to have you on. Yeah, me so, too. Um, I love your story. And I always like to, um, so part of this summit um, is all about highlighting soul-centered entrepreneurs that have stayed very authentic to who they are and they've built these wonderful brands and businesses around them. And for every entrepreneur, I think it's really important. Um, when I, I do this so people connect with other people's stories. So I, I try to just have such a diverse um, um, speakers. So I'm hoping that people say, wow, I really connect with her story or his story or whatever. You know, and um, your story was pretty awesome. And a member introduced me to you. Um, so I know that you had a journey back with MS and that's kind of what brought you forward. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do about your journey? And then I'll ask you some more questions about your business. Sure. What I get to is um, something's really strange, the sound, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, so what I do now is I have a really exciting life. I get to help people all over the world, train people in what I do, um, but I wasn't always doing this. So in 2004, I'm a mom of two boys, so up at the, sorry, I should say young men. They're <laughs> I just can't, they're my boys. <laughs> But in 2014, I had three jobs. I was a cleaner. I used to clean people's houses. I was a tennis coach. Um, and I worked as a receptionist at a chiropractic clinic. And I loved my three jobs. But I was one of those mums. I don't know. Maybe some mums can out there, out there can relate. I was very busy doing everything for everyone else but not me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're supposed to put ourselves first. I was not first. <laughs> I was I was way down the pecking order down here and I would you know I had three jobs I was very involved in the school uh, with the kids with softball team um you know I, I was a real doer I, I was doing everything for everyone else and it was around Easter time um 2014 we always go camping and for some strange reason I went blind in my left eye Ooh. yeah it took about four or five days it was really strange very scary and I did not feel well so every time I looked left right or up or down it was just my left eye I would get this shooting pain going up in my, my head they did an MRI and um, I had lesions on my brain and in my, my brain stem and it was I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. But, you know, you freak out. You absolutely freak out. You know, they put me on some heavy meds, but they said, don't worry about it. Go away. We'll wait for a second event. So the first event was the eye. Then they wait for a second event. They go, you may not have a second event for 25 years. So go home, 
heal from the eye thing, enjoy life. Six weeks later, mm. I had my second event. So six weeks later, I went numb from my right hip all the way down to my foot. Heavy med medication. Um, ended up with depress depression, chronic fatigue. The fatigue was the worst part. Memory loss. Couldn't find my words. I then lost my arms. And what I mean by that is I could hold things, but I didn't have, I couldn't feel it. So if it wasn't, and I was completely blind in my left eye still, so if it wasn't in my peripherals and I had it in my hand, I would drop them. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't drive, I couldn't work, I couldn't walk. Then my face started going numb, my chest, I ended up with a heart problem because of the medication. Um, and this was really fast track, this is all in three months. This is from April to July. It was really fast. And you know, the medication definitely wasn't working for me. I was on heavy meds, two or three different lots, so two different lots. And I just literally felt like I was being poisoned every time I popped the pill. You know, I, I just did what the doctors told me to do. And two major events happened to me. You would think the MS was enough, it wasn't. It, there was this, it, the MS happened and then there was two major events during this time. One of them was this. Went to my um, my in-laws and my husband handed me my 18-month-old niece, Georgia. And he gave her to me and I had her in my arms, my hands, and she just fell through. I, I could not feel her in my arms. So I dropped my niece. Oh. Yeah. I was very, very fortunate that my husband caught her because her head was about this far from hitting a concrete step. I would have really hurt her. Wow. And yeah. So that was on the weekend. And I can't remember if it was a day before or a day or a day after. I really distorted that time. And I'm sitting on the couch. Now, I've always wanted to be a mum. And it took me four years to get pregnant with my boys. And one of my boys was born three and a half months premature. The other one was a month premature. So it's quite a lot of trauma going on with the boys. And so Ben was about 11 and we're sitting on the couch watching How to Train Your Dragon, our favourite movie. And he just put his hand on my leg and he goes, Mummy, I love it when you're sick. I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, you're still. And that blew my mind because I was never present as a mum. Oh. In fact, I was never present full stop. I was so busy. I kept myself so busy trying to look the part because I was terrified of people judging me. I was terrified that I wasn't going to look pretty enough. I was terrified that I wasn't skinny enough. I was terrified that I wasn't a good mum. I was terrified that I was dumb. I was terrified to just even have five minutes to myself to feel because what I was really running away from was being me yeah because I didn't know I, I'm going to tell you something this is the weirdest thing if someone back then asked me my favorite color so Camille if you said to me hey Emma what's your favorite color I go Camille what's yours and you'd say purple I go oh my god me too I didn't even know I would just 
anything if you said to me oh I love you know scrambled eggs and bacon I go me too wow I didn't even know how I liked my eggs I didn't even know my favorite food I didn't know my favorite color it was crazy so that's when I sat and I, there these two little events that happened very quickly within, you know, around that same time. I went, well, I've got to go back to the doctor and I've got to get better. That's it. I'm getting better. So I go to the doctor. I'm with my best friend, Suzanne, and she's sitting there. She's the optimist. She's like, yeah, we've got this in the bag. Don't you worry. You'll be fine. And, you know, they do this test where they lay you on this, this table and they put a blindfold on you and they get a pin and they pin prick you to see what you can feel and what you can't. And Suzanne's cracking jokes and she's trying to make me laugh and everything. And everything went very, very silent. And I'm waiting. I'm like, what is he doing? Is he, is he looking for the pin or something? So I've got this blindfold. Suzanne's sort of over there. The doctor's, I'm guessing, at the foot of foot of me. So I've, I've, I've taken the blindfold off, looked at Suzanne, are they hurrying up? And she just has tears streaming down her face. They had done the test and they'd finished. I had no feeling now in both legs, hmm. arms, face, chest, parts of my stomach now, none. Couldn't feel a pin, a needle going into my skin. Couldn't feel it. So that's when I went, okay, so how do we get better? And the doctor said, well, you don't, to be honest. No one has. Um, heal themselves of MS. Um, we can put you on more meds. We can put you on heavier meds. But to be honest, about, about, about six months, you'll probably be in a wheelchair. So you need to prepare your life for that. Oh, so can you imagine? Oh, I feel sick thinking about it, going back to it. I feel sad. Um, so that was the end of July 2014. And that was actually the last time I was there. I've never been back. So... Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear in here, so I'll say it the, the nice way. <laughs> so when the doctor said that to me, I just went, F that. And I stood up and I went. Okay. And I decided from that moment, and I don't know what made me think it. I really don't because I was a very victim mode kind of person. For me, everything was everybody else's fault. You know, why me? It was always, why me? Why me? You know, everyone else's fault. I left there and I went, and I think it was the whole fact where Ben had put his hand on my leg and gone, I love that you're sick because you're still. And I, it might have been in that moment. And I sat there and I went, I reckon I gave myself MS. I think I did it. So if I did it, that means I can undo it. So I went on a journey. And I've got to tell you, to get rid of the multiple sclerosis itself took about three weeks. Wow. I'm not kidding you. That was the easy part. The hard part was this. I was an alcoholic. Uh. I was drinking a litre or, you know, like a bottle, which is about 750 mils to, you know, another half, so about a litre of white wine every night, sometimes two, every night. Sometimes I would want a cigarette. So instead of having one cigarette, I would smoke a packet in one night. Hmm. It's like I was like a binge smoker. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was like a, a bulimic smoker. Like I would binge it and then throw up. It was crazy. So 
this, this is stuff that I was hiding because I had the biggest fear to feel. That was my fear. So literally frozen in terror, my body was numbing out because I was numbing myself out mentally, psychically, physically, you know, at a cellular level, at a spiritual level, I was just numbing myself out. So my body was just following what I was telling it to do, numb out. But within three weeks, I felt my body. I got my body back. Three weeks. I was, I was numb. I didn't feel a pinprick. I was in a wheelchair in six months. And then within three weeks, I felt my body. So what did you do in those three weeks? In those three weeks, I went on a huge, huge cleanse. It was amazing. So I just went plant-based. I stopped eating um, meat. I would eat fish. I wouldn't eat any preservatives. Preservatives are the freaking killer. It's not sugar, guys. It's preservatives. Um, stopped eating gluten. Like, gluten is glue. Why yeah. would I want to eat glue? You know, I stopped eating bread and pasta and rice, you know, because all pasta, bread and rice, you don't eat that stuff on its own. You always have to add stuff. Yeah. So it's a filler. So... I would use zucchini, I would um, spiral zucchinis instead, it's far more flavor. So I just went back to really natural, yummy food, like really good food. It was amazing. Um, the hard part, the hard part of it all was really to heal the trauma in, in my body. Uh, yeah, I, and I was gonna say, when you start feeling emotions again and start tapping into all you are, you know, and, and because I was so codependent, I was the fixer, I was a rescuer. I had this belief system going on. Hang on, if I feel and if I crash, who the hell's got me? Right. Because in my little world, the Emma Romano world, like no one will be able to catch me because only I can. And because I was a control freak, right? So, you know, it's what we do. Um, I didn't give anyone the chance. And it was amazing when I just surrendered and I trusted and I opened my whole heart and my whole spirit to my angels, to my counsel, to God or source or universe, whatever you want to call it, to beautiful galactic beings, to Mother Earth, to my beautiful husband, to my beautiful friends and my family. I gave them the chance to now look after me. Mm. And they bloody loved it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just let go of control because when you let go of control, so much beauty is then allowed to come in because when you're in control, you are in fear base. So if you're in fear base, that is all you're getting is fear because everything is a frequency, a vibration, it's an energy and what you are sitting in is what you vibrate out. So whatever you concentrate on is what you get more of because you're vibrating that out. So I was just vibrating fear, 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 fear. And so that's all I was getting. So then I started vibrating. What's the opposite of fear? Love. You know, so instead of looking in the mirror and going, Emma, you're fat, look at your cellulite. Oh my God, your red hair, you don't fit in, you've got, instead of doing that, I'm going, girl, you look fine. Like, yeah, you're gorgeous. I was just practicing it. And then that was the real healing. That there is the real healing. Forgiveness. Knowing that people are doing the best they can with the freaking crappy tools that they've got. 
that, you know, or forgiveness. I had been through a lot of trauma. I'd been with a first husband who wasn't so nice to me. Um, I had been kidnapped in, when I was 24. I had a lot of trauma around birth. I had died in my second birth with, with Ben. He'd been in hospital for over 100 days from birth. There was a lot of trauma. No right. wonder I had multiple sclerosis, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so what did I do? I just went on this journey. I asked for help, which was the complete opposite to every being in my cell <laughs> to ask for help. I would never ask for help. You know, at 39, I had a hysterectomy and you can't move for the first six weeks. And I remember these gorgeous, gorgeous women from my boys' primary school saying, Emma, we'll come over in one morning and we'll vacuum and we'll make you breakfast. They came over at 9 a.m. I got up at 6 a.m. and I was on my hands and my knees cleaning my house because I couldn't let them do it. Yeah. That is ridiculous. But it was fear. Yeah. What would they think of my house? What would they think of me? Just, you know, so much judgment, fear of judgment. And then I learned all these beautiful modalities. So I learned, you know, I got hypnosis done. I got NLP done. I am a lot of energy work, spiritual work, a lot of work on beliefs. I went to America. I worked with Tony Robbins. I, I worked with Shane Fozard, Jess Fozard. Um, I worked with so many people. It was incredible. And I learned these incredible modalities. And then I started seeing clients and I saw a lot of clients. It was amazing. And so what I've put together is a whole, it's kind of a little bit of everything. I think when people go wrong, they, they, they go to one thing. Cause I wanted, I, I was expecting, I'll go to my doctor. My doctor fixes me. Right. I go to a hypnotherapist. The hypnotherapist fixes me. It's not true. You can't go to one thing. It takes a village. You know, it takes a village. So what I've done, I've, I've, I've created my own processes and it, it is the villages in the process. So it's working with the conscious mind, the unconscious mind at a cellular level, at a DNA level, at a soul and a spiritual level. So it's all encompassing. It's using all the dimensions of the human and the higher self. So it's really beautiful. Um, and now, which is crazy, because guys, I'm just going to let you know, I was, wearing, I was earning about 19000 Australian dollars a year. Um, which is, I think, US probably about 11,000. Okay. It wasn't much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't much. And now I just calculated about a week ago, I'm on just under $500,000 now. Just Ooh. this year. Yeah. And that year hasn't finished yet. So I'll probably hit just over the 500,000 mark just this year. And that's so. 2015 and 16 were about 18, 19,000. Um, 17 was 137. 2000, and when was it? Last year, I was about 247. And now this year, just I'll, I'll hit the 500 mark. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty big just in one year, too. From that's last huge. year to this year is huge. Yeah. And my first year, too. So I went from 19 to 137. So, I have magic. I know exactly what you guys got to do. So this is this is my mistake, right? I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. You don't even have to pay for it. You don't have to do anything, right? So I went, I spent a 
fortune. I begged, borrowed, steal, stole money. I, I literally borrowed about $80,000 from my mum to find out how to make a business, how to do all these smells. Big names, like big marketing companies. It doesn't work. <laughs> Could I say that out loud? It doesn't work. I made and that I, mistake too. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't work. And I tell you why. You need, you need to set your foundations right first. Because if you're running on an old program of what would people think? I'm scared. I can't get clients. What will my in-laws think? What will my husband think? You know, what will my friend think if I'm doing all this sort of work? Oh, what if I fail? You can spend a million dollars on your business. Your business will fail. Right. Because you don't believe you. You don't yeah. believe you. Because scientifically proven your unconscious's mind will always prove you right so whatever you believe good or bad you'll prove yourself right right so if you consciously going look i know i can do this but you're feeling your gut and your gut's going uh-uh sister no you cannot and you know you can't that is what you that's your truth prove yourself as yeah Absolutely. So I always believed I 100% knew what I did worked. I knew what I did worked. So I had this belief because, I mean, Jesus, I, I healed of MS. I healed of PT. I had also had PTSD for 14 years. I'd been everywhere around drinking and I created a process, alcohol-free, sugar-free, lost a shit ton of weight, lost so much Sorry, I swore, sorry. I swore. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> really hard for me actually not to swear. I really concentrate on not swearing. So lost a ton of weight. Um, I feel amazing. But the only way you can go and change your belief systems is not consciously. Because your conscious mind's 5%, your unconscious mind is 95%. Right. Every cell, you have 70 trillion cells in your body holding your belief systems. So this is where people go wrong. And what happens when people do a big shift as well, they'll go and see a hypnotherapist, they'll see a therapist, blah, 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 blah. There's a part that's missing in the process. And I want to share it with everyone because there's any practitioners out there, you need to know this. I'm giving you the gold. It's called the caudate nucleus. The caudate nucleus is a section in the back of our brain. It's like literally our filing system. Mm -hmm. So... If I say to you now, hey, Camille, do you speak Japanese fluently? I could say no. Exactly, right? So what's happened is her brain, her, her, her conscious mind has gone into her filing system going looking for Japanese. No, no, I don't speak Japanese. Okay. Because there's no evidence of it. So if you go to somewhere and you want to stop drinking or something, they go, right, you're now a non-drinker. You have to do a massive, immediate action for the change to occur and there be a reference to it. This is the difference. So say if you go somewhere and you want to go for weight loss. And you go through the process, go, right, now, you, you know, in six months, it's going to be easy. You're going to be, you know, 100 pounds lighter. You're going to be fantastic. You go home, you feel amazing. You know, you feel good for about three, four days. Day five, you go, pass me the chocolate. 
because there is no reference point that you're on the healthy, healthy way now. You haven't actioned it. Yeah. So I call it the four pillars of success. The four pillars is what you can do yourself. It's actually my freebie. I'm giving it to everyone, Camille. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about that at the end, but we can talk about it now. <laughs> um, I'm giving it to everybody. So if you don't have these four pillars, you can spend billions, your house will fall down. So it's like, you know, when you get a house or a building and you buy the land and the land's beautiful and then you've got this perfect, beautiful house, you've got the idea, you go, yep, I'm just going to pop it on there. You can pop that house on there, but if you don't have your foundations good, if you don't have those pillars in, and if you don't have that concrete set, your house might look gorgeous for a little while, but what's going to start happening? Right. It's going to fall down. It's going to fall, yeah. It's going to fall. It's going to fall that way or it's going to go, it's going to implode. It's going to implode. And that's what happens. So this is what I did, you know, for so many years, I was spending all this money on big marketing, Facebook ads, don't work, right? Let's <laughs> on all this stuff. Because when I look back at my posts now on Facebook and things, I had the old belief that I was terrible fear of judgment. And I, I really thought I was dumb. You know, I'd repeated year eight. I failed it twice. I hadn't done the last two years of school. I'd proven my whole, I'd always been told I was dumb. So I just believed it. So I always proved myself right. Now that I've got rid of that, I'm like really clever. And I always was, but I, would, I just had this belief. And yeah. I just proved it right again and again and again and again. It was crazy. Right. It's like labeling a child when they're young. And you know? I had been labeled. Yes. Yeah, I'd been labeled as a child. So I was always told, yo, Emma, it's good. Thank God you, you're funny. Or thank God you've got a good personality because you're not too bright. You know, from a very early age. And I am actually rather surprised at how uh, clever I am. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, so what it is to succeed in any business you have to believe in it right but you've got to do the work you've got it you've got to get rid of the trauma of your own life you've got, you've got to heal yourself you cannot you cannot expect to heal other people if you're not healing yourself and i've got a big thing to tell everybody are you ready for it it might upset a few people <laughs> There is no destination to your healing. This is not. You know, when I thought when I healed of MS, that's it. I'm perfect. Now, then it's next problem, next problem, oh, right. next problem. And you know what? I love that because it gets me out of my comfort zone. It gets me on the search for something else. It gets me on the search to learn something, on the search to find another beautiful being who's gonna help me through that. It, it helps me search and, and, and create a bigger village. And you know, when my village grows, the village for my clients and my, and my practitioners grow as well. You know, it's just a beautiful journey. So instead of being in fear of the journey, I now embrace the journey. So I love the journey. So when you know shit comes up, like it always does, I go, okay, great. What are we gonna learn now? Because whatever I learn, my clients get it. Whatever I learn, right. the people that I train, my practitioners get it. Right. So it's 
a beautiful journey. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about scaling your own business because you went quite large. Now, do you have a team that surrounds you or do you do most of the work yourself? Yeah, so at the moment, I have a smaller team. I had a big team. Um, teams, um, teams are great to have, but I tell you what, you've got to learn to manage them and you have to learn, you've got to learn about you know, the five love languages, they're VACOG, how do they process information? So as the boss, as the manager, it ain't all fluff kumbaya, my lord, trust me. You know, at the beginning, it's very, it's really great. It's easy and exciting because you're not just dealing with, with the job, you're dealing with their emotions and their stuff. Um, yeah. you and know, your stuff. Your yeah. stuff. When you're when you hire people to take over your baby, your brands, you, something you created as the founder, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it's and you know what? Not everybody is as enthusiastic as the creator of some of something. Exactly. Right. You know, it's hard to find how to replace you. Yeah. So don't think. Yeah, this is my big mistake. My biggest mistake has been this um, in business is. I hated dealing with money. Okay. Hated it. This is why I was making 19 grand a year, by the way, right? Now I love money and I, I work with money and I healed my money wounds because um, I always thought money was evil and, you know, um, money took away the love of my life. I had really bad money problems um, always. So as soon, I'll tell you, the, when I started making money, I made $38,000 in like 52 hours, I, I do this thing called family freedom protocol. So I take my clients through eight sessions and I thought, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to teach it. So it was two and a half years ago, June, 2018, somewhere around there. And I was like, right. It was unbelievable. I sold out of that within literally six days. Wow. I sell out of all my, my events. It's incredible. And I made a lot of money, but I made $38,000. I was like, oh my God. Like that was two years of work in 52 hours. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. Doing things in escrow. Like when people are creating courses or creating stuff or getting knowledge, like that pays down the line. Yeah. Right, when you know how to use it, that's like creating time in escrow. Because a lot of people don't do things because it costs money or they don't have the time. But you have to think about the value of that time over time. Yeah. So what I did with that $38,000 was not smart. I, I know I spent $7,000 on a caravan and the rest, I had no idea where it went. Okay. That was my relationship with money back then. Came, I got rid of it. Then I, I and I, I found out why, which I, I, I teach. But the um, inner work. Yeah, exactly right. So you have to work the inner work. But what I did was I gave the money, that money section over to other people. They were doing my tax. I didn't know how to do a tax return. I didn't know how to do things. I didn't know. I didn't know how to do. It. I went, no, you do that. And it's almost two things happened. One. They lost interest because I don't have interest. Why should they? Right. And two, universe won't give you what you don't feel you deserve. Absolutely. So if I'm taking and I'm throwing it, 
away, why would you give any? It'd be like, you know, like me with you, Camille, going, here, have some lemons. Do you love the lemons? And you're like, yeah, thanks for the lemons just throwing in the bin. And then one day I find all these lemons in the bin. I'm going to go, oh, but you kept asking for lemons, but you're just throwing them in the bin. Well, stuff you. I'm not giving you bloody lemons anymore. It's like that. Yeah. So we hand over kind of the hard parts. Like I just wanted to do the really cool parts of the business. I wanted to be the one, you know, doing the training. I love training. I want to be the one seeing the clients. I want to be the one on stage and just everybody do the background stuff. I wish it worked like that. <laughs> it don't work like that. You have to do the admin. You have to do the admin. <laughs> All the secretarial stuff, you got to do it. But now I just do it in a different way. So I, I, I do it with joy rather than I've got to send emails and I've got to write this and I've got to write that and, you know, fill this out. I just crank music up now and I just put on funny music and I crank it up. And I'm <laughs> you know, I, I've got a different, I sit in joy with it rather than dread or fear. I like that. That's my new word, joy. Like Yeah. Yeah. Does, does it bring it you joy to... or not? If it doesn't bring you joy, you probably don't need to do it. Yeah. And, you know, and so that was my big thing with with um, with a team. I've got a got a great team now. Don't hire friends <laughs> or family. <laughs> a little tidbit for anyone listening. Yeah. And, yeah, and sorry for anyone listening. <laughs> don't hire friends. Don't hire family. They will disappoint you. Yeah. Or go to ask them for business advice. God, no. Don't oh, do it. Oh, God, no. Yeah. That's a big thing, isn't it, Camille? Do you want know to amaze me? Because I do a lot of business mentoring. And, you know, someone will be like um, an Oracle card reader or Reiki master. And they go, you know, I was doing some lives and my sister told me to stop doing lives. And I'm like, oh, does your sister have a Reiki business, does she? And they go like, well, no. So why are you listening to your sister? You know, like, who are you listening to? Really make sure, everybody out there, make sure, this is, this is big advice. Who are you listening to? Yeah. Make sure, and make sure, you know, I had a mentor once. He was an amazing mentor. But then I found out six months later, he's snorting coke on a yacht off a stripper. That's not in my values. So make sure that your mentor is ticking all the boxes. Like if you're, if you want somebody, you know, you want a mentor who's doing the business, who's doing the inner work, who's got a great relationship with her partner and her kids, if she's got, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you want them to do doing all of it. You know, you want someone, that's why I love this Camille. Someone who's freaking authentic. Someone who's real, vulnerable. Yeah. He's not scared to go, yeah, I really messed that shit up, but let's find out how to unmess it, you know? Yeah, it, but it's, I think it's very important, and that's why we do these summits, to surround yourself with people like you that are supportive, that encourage you, that believe in abundance, that want to, you know, collaborate and, and hold you as high as they're holding themselves, you know, and that's why like, if people that are very competitive, I'm like, eh, not my wheelhouse, you know, and I love, God, I love that you said that. There is no competition. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like this summit. Um, I've learned, right? This is my third one. Uh, um, 
that the speakers from my last summit sometimes um, bring forth really great speakers for the next one, right? And it's, oh, I can tell immediately where people are coming from. Do you wanna share your story to make everyone else better? Or are you sharing your story because you wanna collect emails and you want to get clients? And like, it's, there's a balance. We're all, we're all working, like that's clear, right? But when people are sharing from the heart because they have a great story and everyone has a great story and it's the purpose of why we're doing this, that shows through. Right. But I have met the most amazing people doing these summits. And, and that's what brings me joy now. Like, I love these interviews, but I feel like every single one of them, like I can call and just say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Or do you have someone that does this? And I've learned from other CEOs, you know, to, you know, I'm always getting advice or the, uh, the camera turns on and I'll be like, hey, I have no idea what to do here. Like, you know, and it's such a big, big help. But um, yeah, creating that community of people that surround you and support you is, I think, the best part of being in business. Yeah. I think when people go, they'll sit down and go, oh, I'm a Reiki master, I'm a hypnotherapist, I'm a, a lycra. There's too many of us. I go, boom, you've already messed yourself up. Yeah. You're in scarcity mode. Yep. There's over seven and a half billion people in the world yeah <laughs> we are all messed up yeah. right and we oh, teach in the community that every single one of you no matter what you do i don't care if you're all the same title you're all different you really don't compete with each other because you are you you're your brand it's like someone could take my exact business and they've tried right and try to duplicate it it'll never be what i create it's just like, I was reading a great article the other day um, about uh, culinary school when they're teaching all of these chefs and every single chef gets the exact same recipe and then they all go through and taste it and they're all distinctly different, following exactly the same. And the story was really about, it's you you're putting into it. I love that. I'm going to use, I'm training actually this weekend. I'm, can I use that? Yeah. I mean, it's an article. I read Ink Magazine. But <laughs> yeah. Like I'm 49 yeah. years old. I haven't been studying for five years. I've been studying for 49 years. Yeah. You know, it was so many people go, oh, I don't know enough. I go, how old are you? And they'll go, I'm 35. But you've been studying for 35 years. Trust me, you know enough. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I always hear out there, especially like with coaches, like the new, and they're always afraid they're going to attract someone that they can't coach. And I'm like, it, that the law of attraction doesn't work. You could never do that. <laughs> you could never, ever, ever attract someone that you can't coach because you're only attracting people that are trying to learn what you've already learned. And it's usually in that exact moment when people say, I don't know the client I should have. Well, it was you two years ago. Let's start there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you just yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I always know, and I always kid my community, but I know what you're going to go through because I'm going through it now. Right. And by following me, you're going to go through it too. Like, because I, I, I know as I learn and I leap and I go in this direction that I'm teaching it almost the exact time that I'm asked a question is because I just learned it. It's like, it's crazy the way the universe works. 
but it's not right there are no coincidences yeah, exactly it's just like wait i just i know the answer to that <laughs> i've really um simplified it recently i've been listening to esther hicks a lot you know abraham yeah. hicks and about the vortex and everything love her yeah yeah love love her just every morning just starts my day um and it really is i just think there's, there's two boxes there's a shit box and there's the awesome box <laughs> You know, there's no in between. It's, there's just not. There's there's no maybe. There's no try. There's no let's hope it. That's the shit box. You just let's have a go. Yeah. And if you mess it up, good because that's where you're gonna learn. Because I don't learn when I'm in my greatness. I only learn when I'm in my shit. So <laughs> when I stuff it up, you know, when I stuff things up, that's when I go, okay, and it makes me change, and it makes me grow, and it makes me action things. So I think to just trust yourself because your brand is you don't be somebody else be you and i think that is the biggest gold because there's a reason why that little sperm out of 50 million sperm and that egg got together at that exact freaking time when the moon was that time got together you know, and that little swimmer had to swim through all that and, and you know, like freaking had to beat all the other other little spermies off <laughs> to get that egg and come to it. And for, the, you know, for you to be created, there's a reason why you're here. Yeah. And it's not to live in fear and shit. It's to live in abundance. I mean, the first thing that we ever did was <gasps> receive. We breathed in, we received. Oh, I like and, that. Yeah. yeah you know i said everyone what's the first thing a baby does they go cry I go what do you have to do to cry <gasps> you breathe in well, we forgot to receive oh wow that's beautiful that's beautiful I, this is what i say getting your divine feminine how do you do it you receive and you shut up that's what you do <laughs> <laughs> you know you know, do you know what i mean because uh, you know as women we're, we're such like action takers fixes if somebody gives you something we go oh even a compliment you know so you can say oh emma i love your hair i go thank you you know oh i just got it done yesterday it kind of takes away from it yeah you know? it yeah like, i love your hair receive it thank you yeah and then shut up <laughs> <laughs> exactly. that's how you get your feminine <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. So Emma, do you consider yourself a soul-centered person? Oh yes. Yeah. Do you believe in the law of attraction? Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh, hear yeah. the answers, but I thought I'd throw them out there. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and how important do you think um spirit or soul or God or whatever you call your higher self uh is to you in your business? Oh, hundred percent. That is my business. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought there were two separate things and that's when I was struggle town. That's a beautiful, yeah, way to put and it. And I fell and I surrendered and I let go of control and I just knew that I would have my back. And it, then they go, oh, thank God, Emma, because you're exhausting when you're a control freak, doll. That's what they say to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a recovering control addict, so I totally get it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Slips in there sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> off you go. <laughs> True. So, yeah. 
there are times I have to sit there and go, did that just come from ego or did that come from something higher? Like, but let's just check in right there. <laughs> yes. I'm feeling like anger or something, which I'm trying to step away from. I'm like, where is that coming from? Let's, let's step away. Yeah. Yeah. I have this really cool little thing that I do. I believe in dragons. So dragons, we, you know, they breathe the air. What is, what, uh, the fire, what does fire do? It transmutes stuff. So when I get, it's funny because anger was coming up for me two days ago and I was like, is that mine? And it's like, no, it's not. So I just grabbed it and I throw it in the dragon's mouth. <laughs> and so it transmutes in her belly. Her name's Ruby, right? So it transmutes in her belly and she farts out rainbows. So that's what <laughs> anger goes. I love it. That's Oh, good. <laughs> so the farts, rainbows, or shits glitter. It's up to her. But you know, I just or if I get a negative idea or a negative thought, or I get that like anxious feeling, I go, oh, I grab it from where I feel it, and I just throw it in her mouth. She goes, tick, tick, tick. and she farts that, and there's a rainbow. It's great. <laughs> Should try it. <laughs> All right, we'll end on that beautiful note. So <laughs>